You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation brought to you by Go Wild. Go Wild is the fastest growing social media app that is designed specifically for outdoor enthusiasts. Whether you love to hunt or fish, camp, or just be outside, Go Wild is the social media app for you. Go check out Go Wild on any place that you download apps or visit their website, timetogowild.com. This is the Sawn Outdoors Podcast. Well, it's been another two weeks. Um, we're ready to drop part two of our Colorado Mule Deer Podcast. We had an absolute riot. A heck of a good time in Colorado. This was our second year doing this hunt. Um, this time we brought along a couple new faces, um, a couple of friends, and we were pretty dang successful. Um, this podcast is not all-inclusive of the rest of the hunt. We did um, keep hunting after this episode was recorded, and we did not get a final recap recorded, but we will fill everybody in on the next podcast. So I hope you guys enjoy this one. Um, it's We had, like I said, a freaking blast. Um, this week is Thanksgiving, so I hope everybody's getting their turkeys prepped and ready. Going to do some smoking um, of turkeys, of course. Eat a lot of good food, maybe watch some football. Um, my tradition is always going out and hunting something. I usually go out and hunt coyotes or rabbits. Um, the last few years, it's been a tradition to go duck hunting. So I have a swan tag in my pocket um, for Utah here. We are able to hunt swans every couple of years. It's a draw process. And so I shot a swan, I think, three years ago. And uh, anyway, I just drew another tag. So haven't been out yet and hitting the marshes because I've been wrapped up, just totally tied up in all these big game hunts, but now it's time to go hit the marshes. I want to talk to you real quick before we start this um, part two of our Colorado podcast. I want to talk to you about Kings. They are having some awesome Black Friday sales, and I am not at liberty to give those away, but if you'll check back throughout the week, um, all week they're doing some deals and then Black Friday and Cyber Monday, they'll have some awesome deals as well. So that's King's Camo, K-I-N-G-S-C-A-M-O.com. Um, I'm on their website right now looking at some of the new gear. They have some awesome, like, just lifestyle gear that they've dropped. I actually picked up one of their new King's Lifestyle Poly Hoodie. The thing was super warm and comfortable. It's a more heavyweight material Kept me super warm. I was wearing it, lounging around the cabin, went to some hot springs, wore that around town in Colorado. They also jumped on the trucker patch uh, hat bandwagon, which they look pretty freaking sweet. So check out those hats. They also are launching some new King's flannels, which I've been eyeing up this blue one a lot. I want to wanna get that. Um... They've got some new graphic socks that look pretty dang sweet with some mule deer on them. Um, they have this King's Lifestyle full zip sweater, which I'm also eyeballing to wear to work and whatnot, and just around. It's really classy looking. Um, 
And then one of my favorite items right here, I'm just looking at the holiday gifts, by the way. Um, go to that tab on their website. But this King's Logo Grip 6 belt comes in either olive or black. I actually have the olive version, and I absolutely love it. I wear it all the time, always when I'm out in the field and a lot of times just around town with my jeans or whatever else. It's an awesome belt. Really holds well, doesn't loosen at all. It has no holes. It just uses uh, the webbing and the belt buckle to, uh, to stay tight. Um, some of these other items, they've got some new tri-blend tees that look pretty dang sweet in four awesome colors. Also have uh, three different size duffel bags, which are super handy. Everyone needs a duffel bag. Whether you're packing for your elk hunt or taking a bag of gym clothes to the gym, they have the duffel bags in all, well, actually, it just looks like Desert Shadow. <laughs> but they've also got some different hoodie options um, and whatnot. I know that they're giving away some free gifts with purchase, depending on how much you spend. Definitely go check it out. They got some awesome bundles. One of the cool bundles they've got right now you can actually get a pair of the charcoal ridge pants with one of the new um, hoodies that I was talking about, those poly lifestyle poly hoodies. That package is running one twenty for the pants and the hoodie. That's a screaming deal. Normally one hundred and sixty bucks, and if you'll use our discount code, that's SAHN, S A H N when you check out shopping at KingsCamo.com you'll save an extra 15% off of that price. So definitely don't miss out on these Black Friday, Cyber Monday deals. They're going on right now. Check them out and look good, whether you're on the mountain or around town or chilling in the cabin or playing turkey bowl or whatever. All right, guys. With no further ado, here's the podcast, part two, Colorado. Okay, you want to you introduce the, the day, what's happening? This is another podcast brought to you from our Colorado third season mule deer hunt. Um, this is actually day five of the hunt, the close of day five. We lost Andrew. He had to go back home, um, and we gained Dylan. Dylan showed up last night. So, Other than that, the group is the same. Um. So it's only changed the whole time, right? Yeah, that's it. Yep. Sweet. Yep. Dylan, you got to say for yourself. Tired. I don't feel good. Oh, bummer. Yeah, we're gonna have to disinfect that headset afterwards. <laughs> we'll just leave that one here. <laughs> Please do. <laughs> <clears throat> so it was a pretty successful day five. Wait, real quick. Let's introduce. I'm. Races. I'm just setting it up. Oh, sorry. So I'll let you suspense. Take this. No, go for it. <laughs> I'm just building suspense. Oh, okay. So I'm Ian. I'm Jeff. Ryan. McCade. Dylan. All right. So so the last time we recorded, so um, it was the end of day two. Three, yeah, day two. two. Yeah. Wait. Yep, it was. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Yeah, so yep, end of day two. Ian had just got here with his dad. So, man, the days are, like, running together. This is crazy. Mm-hmm. Sunday, it snowed a lot. <clears throat> Monday, I believe, is when we 
we spent the day kind of trying all kinds of different spots and man i'm trying to think they're all run together jeff help me out <clears throat> i think monday we uh spent over in another piece of checkerboard uh and finally located a lot of deer for the first time like a lot of deer we'd, we'd been seeing small groups here and there but uh was that the one looking down to the valley? Yeah. <clears throat> it was cold. We were sitting on this bald, windy ridge. Um, had a couple little light snow flurries. <clears throat> and we started picking out deer clear out in this valley. <clears throat> and uh, we just kept seeing doe after doe after doe after doe. We sat down and pulled out two spotters um, eventually, and we were just picking out does. We're like, man. With all of these does we're seeing, we're bound to see a big buck. Like, it's just playing the odds game, right? Like, this many deer, there's got to be a big buck. <clears throat> and I'd say 45 minutes-ish into sitting there glassing. It was middle of the day. We didn't really have a lot to do, and so we were content to sit and, and watch deer. Yeah. So we were there for a while. Right. And then one finally showed himself. We had seen a couple little bucks um scattered through the does but nothing any sizable mention <clears throat> and then uh we saw <laughs> Ian looks really dead <laughs> sorry i'm trying to focus and then we saw yeah a, one buck work out and then another one and they just kind of kept going back and forth along these this tree line right at the edge and jeff was seeing them lip curl and all kinds of stuff so we we were getting excited and they were Fairly near a chunk of public that extended way out into this private abyss. And so we had this idea that they they started kind of moving um, towards that public section. We were like, well, if we want any chance, that's the only place it could happen. And they are kind of moving that direction. So if by chance they make it there, we ought to be there ready to shoot some deer. Except. This story needs a little more context because not only was it a private abyss, but it was a private abyss probably 800 to 1,000 feet below us. <laughs> and it getting there, circumnavigating all the, the private, you had to stay like on this cliff face, right. basically. And as soon as, well, before you guys decided to leave, another buck came out, another big buck. And uh, so there were three really good bucks. Jeff had the only tag amongst the three of us. Andrew was still with us at that point. Um, and uh, so it's kind of difficult. Uh, even when you've got the Onyx maps, <clears throat> we've been relying on those pretty heavily this week. But uh, we we get out there and, and we see the, the, the boundary lines and, and the separation between private and public land. But until you kind of get your feet on the ground, you're not sure exactly where some deer are sitting. You can see where the lines are, and you're like, I think those deer are right there on that piece of private, yeah. pretty close to public. But So we, we decided we needed to get down there a little closer to see how likely we were to get those deer onto public before we could get a shot at them. And halfway through the the trek down, the snowstorm blew in. Visibility went all out the window. 
I don't know how it was navigating that terrain in those was, conditions, but it was sketchy and muddy and slick going down the face. And I, I hung back and was glassing for Jeff and Andrew, trying to keep an eye on these bucks. And as luck would have it, as soon as we did this whole transition thing where they took off, the storm blew in. When it cleared, I didn't know where the bucks were. I could see all the does and everything I'd seen before. I'd seen this uh, doe and her two fawns before the storm on this little face, and they I found them right after the storm blew through, bedded in some sagebrush. No big bucks. Yeah, that's kind of the story of the whole the whole setup. We got down there and we saw some more deer, but never saw the bucks again. I think they went back to bed after the squall rolled in and mm-hmm. it was starting to get cold and dark and. They were still a ways into private, and so we uh, backed out of there and decided to go try something else. But it was fun. Um, we kind of realized at that point in this trip that uh, every time we, we sat down to find deer, as long as we were patient, we ended up finding a, a decent buck with them. And one other thing we've realized is pretty much <clears throat> every spot we've tried, um, we have located deer. And we've located a buck of some sort, at <laughs> least. Sort. At least. So, I mean, in my experience in Utah, I have not had that much success finding bucks. I've seen a lot of deer in Utah on rifle hunts growing up. But, I mean, if you saw a buck, you should shoot it. As Andrew was saying, um, in Minnesota, where he's from, the whole philosophy and mentality over there is way different than this Western style. It's like... Over there, if you see it, the the motto is if it's brown, it's down, <laughs> and like that was that was kind of like my childhood. Like if you saw a buck with horns longer than its ears, you, you were shooting it. And unless you're you're a seasoned hunter that that has had several opportunities to hunt trophy animals, yeah, that's kind of the mentality you have at least. Yeah, where we hunt, um, if you see an animal, you you're likely not to have many more opportunities. But out here, it's really different. It's really different, and it's hard. It's hard for me <laughs> to hold out. I shot the first <laughs> basket buck I saw. Oh. Yeah, it's been good. I uh, it it was good to be able to try to hold out for a bigger deer because because you knew mm-hmm. based on experience from the previous days odds that are we're gonna find more deer. Give it some time, and it will it'll happen. Well, that was embarrassing. Could you mute that, please? It's muted. (laughs) I thought I was getting a phone call. (laughs) That was weird. That was really bizarre. It came through the computer real quick. Headphones. Yeah, we all could have talked to Henry real quick. Oh, dang it. (laughs) Tell him to call back. We're podcasting. He's trying to tell us where big bucks are, man. Oh, my gosh. Pause (laughs) the podcast. self-invited special guest to the podcast. (laughs) That would actually be pretty hilarious, except for everyone out here. (laughs) Yeah. And all the secret spots away. So, I mean, yesterday was pretty much the same story. Um, we found deer. I couldn't talk Jeff into shooting any of them. <laughs> what was yesterday? Yesterday, we, when we hiked in. The days are blurring together. We hiked in, and I, there was that oh, really man. old, big-bodied buck, but he didn't have a, fun, a very impressive rack. And fun day. You wouldn't shoot him, but yeah. Finally, call me up, and we're like, hey, come talk me into shooting this deer over here. Okay, in, in my defense, <laughs> we, we've seen some good bucks. McKay got a, shot, got a shot at a really nice one first day. 
since then, we've seen some good ones. The better ones have been on private that we haven't been able to get to. Um, but some some decent bucks. And I was telling myself I wanted to hold out for, you know, quality deer, kind of like the one McCade shot. And so, this buck beat my buck in every way, shape, and form and body. <laughs> His body was huge, like twice the size of all the other deer. But for whatever reason, his rack was just not impressive. Except for when he looked at you full frontal. But we talked about this, and, and each hunter has a different preference <clears throat> on the look of a buck. So I, yep. I told myself, and I told McCade, I think before before uh, this buck stood up, that it, uh, if we could get good film on it, I'd shoot that buck. Yeah. And then we were just kind of holding out because they didn't know we were there. We were picking through them, seeing if there's any bigger bucks with them. And then I blew the whole thing. <laughs> Come over here so I can shoot this deer on film. Hey, and then they saw me. Come over here. Let's see if we can shoot this buck. Huh? Okay. Stands up, walks over. It wasn't quite like that. wasn't quite like that. Tell it how you want. Anyway, they started moving out, I think, more than just from us being there. There were a lot of hunters around, a lot of shots going off. Uh, they started to move, and we got a shot at one as he was cresting the hill, missed. But going back to some good video, going back to what you were saying, how everybody has their preference, like <clears throat> that was interesting because I showed you a picture, and I don't remember if it was a buck we saw or something I saw on Instagram or whatever. But there was a three point, <clears throat> and it's what its backs forked, and it had like the the yeah. main beams came out singles. Yep. And you were saying you liked an opposite. You'd rather have the forks in the front with the tall G2s, right? Yep. yep. Yeah, it's all just down to preference. Me, if it just looks impressive, I'm going to shoot at it. If I get excited. That's all I'm holding out for now. Just like you are saying, first thing. With I saw this buck that was about <laughs> six inches to. tall, and then he had like a little fork like this. Yeah? Yeah, I bet you'd like him. Kids' fingers are barely, <laughs> barely split. Barely split. Not even a full peace sign. <laughs> not, even, not even, not even full peace sign. Not even half peace sign. No. So Dylan showed up last night after a long late drive. Then we got up early this morning. <laughs> Time did you Excuse roll me. in, Dylan? Nine o'clock. Left after work at lunch. Nice. Yeah. Stopped once. Just kept driving. Wasn't a bad trip though. That's good. I was in Colorado before it was time. dark. <laughs> you said he he sent me a text right after he crossed the border. He's like, "I just saw a big buck as soon as I got to Colorado." Yeah, I'm like hit him with the truck. <laughs> no, that would be wrong. It would. <laughs> it's a funny joke though. It's funny, but I don't need to put a new bumper on my truck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got enough stuff to replace. Yeah. No, it wasn't a bad drive. Uh, got here about nine o'clock, and pretty much got my stuff ready and went to bed. Sweet. Do you have Do you have tacos? No, I was going to, but then you didn't. I didn't. It's a bummer. They're good. I bet. But I'm here. There you are. <laughs> what was the uh, the plan today? This morning, kill deer. The same thing it is every day. The same Pinky. thing it is every day. Kill the biggest buck in the world. 
or a buck. Just a buck. What's your nope. What's your goal? Are you gonna shoot just anything? Or are you holding out for something special? Nope. I got a very full freezer, so it's I'm shooting for an older age class deer. Nice. So good for you, man. Unless these guys talk me into something else, which <laughs> <laughs> it probably won't be that hard. Very convincing over here. <clears throat> so this morning we wake up. It's like having two devils on each shoulder. I think Ian may have got up earlier today than any other day. I absolutely did. I still didn't see you before I left, but I got up. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, today was freaking cold. 19 when we left the house. Mine said 18. Wow. Mine said 17. (laughs) Yeah. Cold. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) And yeah, it was freezing. So we got to a location where we wanted to go. We've been hunting. Jeff and I spent some time in that area a couple days ago. Spent a lot of time around that area throughout the week. And uh, sure enough, there were deer in there. You guys have been putting them to bed all week, you said, huh? Uh, we're not really putting them to bed, but we're seeing that there's like 100 deer on a hillside right before dark. So chances are there's going to be at least some deer on yeah. that hill. <laughs> and it's it's crazy because like the way the public and the private are so intermixed here and all the pressure that the animals are getting they're all constantly on the move through these different parcels of land crossing private to public and public to private vice versa but <clears throat> today we we finally f- saw a buck coming over the private it was a really nice heavy horn wider framed he was tall, three-point. And Jeff was like, I'm shooting that deer. And we're like, heck yeah, it's go time. He was like coming right our way, but he had to go down this valley and then come back up over some little hills to get towards us. And we kept watching and kept watching and kept watching. And then eventually this buck pops his head up over the little rise in front of us about 300 yards, right? And it was like, go time. We're like, oh, yeah. And he starts kind of walking from our left to our right along this little rise. And instead of stepping out by these does, he just like turned and went down. We're like, what? And then like he came back up and we were able to get a shot at him. It was kind of a scramble. When When he came back up out of the ravine where we couldn't see... I thought he was going to just stick around and feed with the does that were below us that were oblivious to our presence. But uh, I think he had other plans. He he was already on the move. Yeah, he, he turned and or something. Yeah. He, was, he was getting out of there. And uh, I think he wanted the does to go with him. But anyway, uh, he, he stepped out and all the does started filing in behind him. So it was like, it was go time. And so I tried to get down and get a shot. It was first shot. We weren't prepared. Was Didn't have a range for you. Downhill after that. <laughs> but he was a nice buck. But he worked around this hill and into some heavy pines. And then uh, we just kept watching. And all of a sudden, another group of deer pop up over the hill. And there's a buck. And decided to pass on him. And then we started watching again, kind of over at the direction this buck had come from. and little bit later here comes this other buck we're like where did that buck come from like these deer are just coming out of nowhere like these little pockets and valleys and crevices and trees you know just 
they're on the move, like I said. It's like playing musical chairs, all these little pockets. It's crazy. Yeah. Well, so, what? And each, each pocket's, you know, being overlooked by at least one hunter. And so, <laughs> yeah, it's just constant movement. If you sit in one place, you'll see deer for hours, probably. And then what happened? And then another buck stepped up over the horizon, came back our way, and peer pressure. And Kate was like, bit. shoot that buck. <laughs> Dylan was like, shoot that buck. <laughs> and I was like, I don't want to shoot that buck. Is he on film yet? I was like, hang on, let me look at him. So I got down, got in my scope. This time got a really a, a good rest on my pack, proned out. Looking at him, he's he's a decent buck. He's not as big as some of the ones that we had seen. Um, but Mercado's on the camera. Dylan was getting a spotter set up. Said, you got your camera on? Yep, we're good. Shoot him. <laughs> and Dylan's like, no, 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 wait. And I I'm already like, had him in frame. <laughs> he's standing there broadside at 250 yards, just asking me to shoot him. So fired one out of the rifle and... He t- he did the donkey kick and took off, and we all got to watch him. I, I got back on him in my scope and watched him run probably 100 yards before his legs gave out underneath him, and he did the death tumble and a somersault and some cool theatrics, and there he lay. And what was crazy is he died a couple hundred feet from the edge of private. Yeah. It was so close. <laughs> it was so perfect. I was walking down to him with my Onyx open. And I'm like, uh, uh, this line's coming up really quick. <laughs> but we we're still a couple Lucky hundred yards. Us. Yeah. Anyway. So we had that happen. And right after we all get down to this deer, <laughs> it was like Dylan had seen this happen before and then just happens to pull up the spotting scope. And within seconds, it's like, well, there's a big buck. I'm going to shoot him. <laughs> We're like, what? You're kidding. And again, like, we had been watching this hill all morning. And out of nowhere, this great big 4x5 popped out. And he was, like, hanging with some does, doing the whole, like, little sneak. Trying to trail some does. And it was like, all right. As soon as he move, he's moving from our right to our left, working towards some public we just got to get in position. So, yeah, he was he was on the private, but moving towards the public. But between us and him was a small sliver of private. And I had to parallel him up the canyon to where I could get to where I was legal to shoot him. But for some reason, he just wasn't digging on hanging out too much. He was on the move again, just he like was, that other buck. They he was with sitting still very long today like 40 does and he just they decided they was heading out so i sprinted up the canyon in the snow trying to catch up to him and i finally got to where i could cut him off and as i'm sucking wind seeing red spitting out blood (laughs) i got set up and he comes walking out and i ranged him and a rangefinder said 230 yards and i just thought no there's no way. He looked way farther. So he stopped, and I held for 230 yards, and I probably shot 10 feet in front of him. And instead of clipping my rangefinder back onto my bino harness, I missed it and just dropped it. 
right down in the snow. And so when I picked it up again to range him again, it was just all fogged over. and So I never had a good range on him. And so the next shot I held probably a little higher, I still shot underneath him. And let one more rip after that before he moved off into some thick trees. And no luck. No luck on the big buck. He was nice. <clears throat> Meanwhile, what he looked like. <clears throat> he was a cool buck. He's big, tall, deep fork, four by five. He had on his G3 in line. Uh, we all thought it was on his right side, but we later looking confirmed it was video, on his yeah. left. So we're just looking at him backwards, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but he was plenty big enough to shoot. So. Nice, wide, tall, chocolate horn buck. Yeah. <clears throat> Meanwhile, Ian, you and Ryan were on the other side of the private. Just roasting marshmallows on the fire we made. <laughs> really? <laughs> nah. We made a fire, All though. I mean about the fire. We did make a fire, yeah. Huh. So we figured we were so close to the fence line that really, it's not like we could have shot anything we could see. Because we saw all those deer you guys were seeing. We were just on the other side of that private, like you said, um, looking at that whole hillside, probably 75 to 100 deer on that hill and the one behind it. And we could just see just so many deer. Um, kind of watched the whole thing unfold with you guys shooting that buck. Um, watched you roll up on it after Jeff shot it. Watched Dylan take off, and we thought, we thought you guys quartered it out that quick. Like, Holy crap. <laughs> Ten minutes. Dylan back yeah. in the truck with the, with yeah, the deer I thought he back. took off. Taking, so that was the plan, back. was to go get the truck. But I looked up and saw that buck, and I was like, well, ah, changed plans. <laughs> we just had, yeah, we just had a good vantage point on that hill and uh, didn't really feel like we could shoot because we were in a really narrow piece of uh, public property that was just just yewed in, like a horseshoe in by all that private. But that the deer had been moving through they, all week. That... Right, they moved through it all week. But until something moved across the fence that was 60 yards in front of us, I couldn't shoot it, you know? And so it really is not a great place to sit to shoot. Campfire just sent them all back our way. And that's what we, that's that. what we were doing, yeah. So we just built a little fire. My dad forgot the range finder at the truck, so he went back to get that, and I was cold, so fire going. Hung out for a while. That was our morning. We decided to take off and... Hit a different piece of national forest instead of some BLM. Yeah, and there was a ton of deer moving on that other side too. Where <clears throat> Jeff and I had that opportunity, I guess two days ago. Um, had a handful of does run by me at fifty, sixty yards, and there was a whole bunch of other hunters down next to the road too. So they'd run to the hunters, see them, run back, run toward the canyon, <laughs> and they were cliffed out. They were just so confused, doing like a triangle in there. You've seen that but, behavior a lot in deer in Colorado on this yeah. Jeez, if They'll you, be running one way and hit a brick wall because they come across another hunter. If you get them standing the still for five seconds, you better shoot because they're going to be on the run again. <laughs> yeah. What else did you see today? Yeah, you got in some pretty cool places today, Ryan. Oh, man, yeah. Uh, Ian and I wrapped out of um, that morning hunt and i just was like hey man i'm gonna go throw a dart on a map up in this national forest area and it's a place that i'd hunted in the past with a buddy and gosh this has been two years since i've been back in there and i'd seen some bucks in there deer nothing 
crazy, nothing to write home about. But it was way up on this like high kind of, I don't even know what you call it, like a high meadow with some kind of patchy open tree line that I, I've glassed in the past and seen deer. So I was like, you know, I've got nothing to lose. I'll go up there and see what's going on. So ironically enough, I leave and I just tell Ian, this is the general area I'm going. And I'm like half asleep at this point. I get there and I'm just like trying to psych myself up, you know, to, to climb up this mountain. Cause it's a pretty good, pretty good hike up there. And then I see a truck come in and it's like his burgundy Dodge. And I look over and it's like Ian and his dad. I'm like, Whoa, what's going on, man? And I kind of tell him my plan. I'm like, yeah, I'm going way up to the top of this thing. Um, there's a, there is a road to get up there, but I decided to just go up on foot because my vehicle, I'm like, if I get stuck and there's no cell signal, it could just be a disaster. Well, that and you like hiking in pain. I uh, do. It was brutal <laughs> in need of like thigh high snow, but gators help those Kings gators, man. Working for you. huh? They're awesome. Right yeah. On. Um, I told Andrew I was going to send him back with McCade. I might keep him now. No, I'm just <laughs> um, but anyway. I'm sure he can so, find some more. Yeah, he's got a pile. Yeah, I just kind of tell Ian, hey, this is where I'm going. Let you know what I see, if I see anything. And I jump out of the truck, and I start seeing elk tracks everywhere. And I'm like, okay, I'm trying to hunt deer, but okay, some fresh elk tracks. Start hiking up there midway up the mountain, and I look up. And there's a raghorn bull and six cows just going probably three, 400 yards to my left up over kind of a ridge and I immediately stop texting and try to call him he's not answering so after yeah after you told me you were heading up the mountain my dad and I took the truck up the road further that's that's where we went way into the canyon that's why we have no cell service gotcha. for reference for the yeah. story here no that's I forget how yeah. it's so weird because you lose it right when you get in to the um the national forest and then yeah. you go down in the road a little bit you get it again then you lose it so it's kind of a weird area for yeah. that but also thanks for, for clarifying i do i i have an elk tag that's why you call me correct yeah ian's got a bull tag um and uh we'll get back to that but uh yeah so i'm thinking about picking up an elk tag now because it's like man there's all these elk up here yeah so uh anyway uh where were we yeah i get up there see these elk i text ian and um he's not answering so i'm like okay well sorry bud i tried you know and then and then i finally get up to where i've get, got signal and i call him and i was like hey man like i've seen all these elk but even if i would have called you as soon as it happened i mean they were on the move man their tongues were hanging out they're huffing and puffing something had spooked them and come to find out i wasn't the only hunter up there so i get up there hunt around all afternoon see a few does here and there but they're all spooky. I think the same ordeal. They've kind of just been bounced around by hunters all day. So they're just not, you know, they're not hanging around. They seen me and they were just like, pew, gone. So yeah, I start um, heading over across this meadow and sitting on this hillside. And next thing you know, like elk just start funneling out of the tree line. And I'm like, whoa, and the sun's hitting them. It's probably, gosh, I don't even know what time it was when I saw them. I have to look back at my text for reference or something, but, um, pardon me. <laughs> so we had some antelope stroking off that's still digesting. Um, Ian's dad made some killer dinner tonight. Um, gosh, that's one thing. All I could think about was getting off that mountain and getting <laughs> Get some, some dinner food. tonight. It's still like a nice thing. Food, Come back but... to this cabin. Is we've got 
good meals planned every night. Oh yeah. Hey, frozen pizzas last year hit the spot every night. I saw somebody put a frozen <laughs> pizza in the freezer. Hey, don't you touch that. I'm down with <laughs> <for> frozen pizza. <laughs> Might be coming home for a frozen pizza lunch. Frozen pizza. You guys live off those hot pockets, man. <laughs> Easter famine around here. Um, so yeah, there's just elk coming out of the woodwork and, you know, I've got a buddy coming up, um, whenever, I guess it, next week, is that fourth rifle for elk or the following week? Something like that. Yeah. It's like a week break or something. So a friend of mine has a tag and I'm just like, well, I don't have a tag. So I'll just at least mark some waypoints and send them to him or whatever. Sure. Um, so yeah, I just, uh got up there these elk start funneling out first it was a group of cows to my left and then five or ten minutes after they funneled out another group came out and then i look over to my my right probably another 500 yards to the right same ridge line same elevation they were all moving like parallel just kind of spaced out like herd small herd medium-sized herd whatever and a few of them had horns on them nothing you know nothing huge but um, you know, I've got a good buddy, uh, Fred, Fred Bohm. I don't know if you know Fred. Yeah. He's got, Heard of Fred. He, he posted something on, uh, on Instagram the other day. I was like, dude, this guy's a legend. He's like, uh, I'm a trophy hunter when a trophy walks by the rest of the time I'm a hunter. And I'm like, I love oh, that yeah. quote because it's like, man, way back in, <clears throat> you know, the native Americans, whoever Indians, like they didn't, they hunted to eat. They didn't. They didn't yeah. worry about antlers. They were like, I got to kill something so I don't die. Right. You know, and now we're just like so picky, but I don't know. It's just funny. So Ian's got this bull tag and I was just like, Hey man, they had antlers, you know, whatever. But, um, it was just cool. You know, I, I hunt, uh, archery elk and I don't see a lot of elk when I hunt just because I'm new and I'm still figuring it out. So to see like, you know, 20, 30 head of elk in one afternoon was like pretty cool. Because yeah, normally you're catching that one solo bull and he comes in and you have a five or 10 minute encounter with him and you either fling an arrow at him or the gig's up and he goes away. Yeah. So it was cool just watching him, man. It was pretty, you know, they just funneled out and there's a few small little calves mixed in and just, it was cool just yeah. watching them. It's always impressive to see a big group of elk just do what elk do. Yeah. And they, they just move so fast, man. You know, I mean, and they're not, they weren't even like, at a trot they're just walking and feeding and you look up after five minutes of glassing over at this herd and they're already you know three four hundred yards from where you saw them come out man they literally moved that in a few minutes you know yeah um but yeah i think all that shooting we've been hearing south of our deer hunting area has been i think it's i think it's a lot of elk hunters man at least after today i would agree because when we were coming out after the morning um with jeff's buck yeah we we passed a truck i was telling these guys it was pulled off the road in a really awkward spot because it was on a turn and an icy road and uh they were loading elk into the back and they already had a whole elk in there and they were bringing some quarters up off the um the ridge where we're just like Holy crap. Yeah. Got <laughs> respect nice. for anybody that'll haul an elk out in that much snow. Yeah. yeah it's crazy. <laughs> we On our way up that canyon, uh, Ryan was stopped at the beginning. We uh, saw a guy coming down, and the in the bed of his truck was a big rack that just filled the whole bed of his truck. 
his whale tail sticking down the on the back. It was yeah, a bull. Big old bull, dude. Freaking oh. cool. Man. The guy in a four wheeler behind him just kinda big old cheesy grin, like, ha ha, look what we did. Nice. We stopped at the gas station today after we got Jeff's bull out and pulled in right next to this truck with a really nice buck in the back and did the whole gas station. Everyone's coming to talk to you. you Hey, can I buy a tank of gas, man? (laughs) Yeah, so all these elk kind of got my gears turning and I was thinking about going to the Ace Hardware and just buying an over-the-counter cow tag because that's really all I can I get at this point because my bull a tag was burnt for archery but um the amount of elk sign i saw the whole way up that mountain just i mean elk were plowing through there there were some trails that were wore down to like dirt and i'm talking knee deep snow like gone down to bare like mud they just yeah. mudded it out like all like you could take your binos and follow this ridge line and it there's no guessing where the elk are moving it's just like you look and you just, just like see like highway, yeah. man i've never seen anything like it so without giving up too much away it's definitely like a yeah. migration route or something yeah. but that was wild. I've never seen anything like that, but I also don't hunt that high, you know, um, in elevation. Very high over there. Yeah. That was cool. <clears throat> so that, that was my afternoon. Saw a few does feeding out. Like I, I was climbing back down the mountain and uh, kind of picked this weird drainage to go down. I, I didn't come down the same way I'd gone up. I decided to follow this creek bottom that kind of went, I guess, kind of I want to say like northwest and then it kind of went west back to where I had parked the truck so it kind of made like this little v shape or whatever mm-hmm. and uh I thought oh it'll be no big deal it's all downhill I just gotta like not fall and face plant in the snow and I'll be fine <laughs> and um it was actually really deery the whole way down there was just these fingers of aspens that would come down off the ridge and like oh there's going to be a deer in here and sure enough i kept sneaking 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 and i see deer moving and they're like within 100 yards probably 80 to 100 and i'm thinking like you know oh boy like there that that's a buck like that's a deer or if it's a doe maybe there'll be a buck behind her whatever so I, I immediately take my pack off and just had like all this mojo going like positivity like this is it this is where i'm going to kill this big giant colorado buck you know and i was just looking 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 and end up being two does and two yearlings and i'm just like well i was ready but it just nothing with horns so hey yeah. i just hightailed it all the way back down to the truck and still the whole time just crossing tons of elk elk tracks through the yeah i'm thinking i'm gonna snow. have to take a couple days later this week and just go up go for elk up, up there if you sat there and that's the thing i was thinking i'm like man i'm gonna take ian back here and knowing my luck we're not gonna see one <laughs> like that's this, exactly. all this will just be they're all gonna be moved out <laughs> yeah but anyway i'd love to fill that tag while we're up here that'd be that'd be awesome get some elk in the freezer you could do it might not be the biggest bull but they're they're, they're the up thing. there i don't i don't need the biggest bull Need a legal bowl. Yeah. yeah. Elk meat, elk meat. Elk meat, elk meat. Elk meat is delicious. So, Ryan, you were talking about uh, hoping to see that great big Colorado buck. We talked about Dylan's standards for the trip. We're at day five for you. <laughs> what's your standards like now? For well, deer? what's funny is I told Ian 
after I had finally got cell service, I'm up at the top of the mountain and I'm just telling him about all these elk or these elk I saw and all this sign. And I was just, I'm huffing and puffing. I'm out of breath. I'm just like, oh man, I'm getting worked like this sucks like the snow is deep and you guys know how it is hiking up uphill in snow where you're losing momentum it's like every step you take you're losing six inches each step because your foot just collapses and not like you're post holing but i'm i'm beat up man i'm tired you know i I told him like dude if i see a spike i'm shooting a spike (laughs) mule deer like i'm I'm, i came up here this is a lot of work and uh, i'm taking something back down with me so was that just up in that area then a spike in that area yeah okay. you know if it was legal i would have definitely pulled the trigger on something but yeah i mean jeff had me on a nice deer um a couple of days ago yeah a couple of days ago and um i don't know if we had really documented that but we we were hiking out and uh jeff was like we've got you know probably a quarter to a half mile back to the truck and there's this kind of thicket or whatever you want to call it coming off of this ridge and then it kind of drops down into this little drainage and he's like if, if we're going to jump deer on the way out he was like it's going to be like right here and sure enough we we head that way and i'm still glassing back to that ridge you guys had been hunting and i see deer but i don't know what they are and then i hear a whistle you know jeff's doing the you know fingers above his head like horns like buck right here so i hustle over there and out jumps this little you know, I don't want to say little, it was a nice, like two by three. And I just had him in the scope at 150 yards and didn't pull the trigger. And we all know that, uh, saying, you know, don't pass up on the last or on the first day, which you'd gladly take on the last. And, um, I was like, Oh, there's a bigger one (laughs) since then there, there have been, I just haven't been with you guys. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. I mean, it is what it is. I just like to hunt though, man. You know, I could have, I feel it took me six days till I finally filled my doe tag and I could have filled it on like day two or three. I was just like, I just like to hunt, Enjoying man. The process. <laughs> yeah. So I, I didn't want to end the hunt for myself. Yeah. It's like, I kind of want to go out and see what I find tomorrow. And well, yeah. we, f- we found you a cool buck this morning. What was that? L- that first little buck we saw when we came over the ridge, it was like a <coughs> spike by two with a huge, like hook and eye guard on his on left his, side. On his what? left hand side, he had a brow tine. Probably six inches long, and on his right side he had just a little short one, but he was cool. He I, was an interesting looking. Buck. I thought about shooting him. <laughs> Did he grow up near like a uh, nuclear power plant or something? Or his dad must have been an elk. Something. <laughs> like... He was cool looking. Jeff wouldn't shoot him, of course. Yeah, I, I told McCade earlier in the hunt. I said, if you can't tell it's a buck without any aid of optics. It doesn't count as a buck. <laughs> Depends on the distance. <laughs> yeah, that's a good rule. You gotta have. You gotta set a limit on it's your true. yardage, though, because <laughs> deer a mile away. The <laughs> there was this one buck we saw this morning. He skylined himself against the sunrise, and it was the most majestic thing I've seen since last year. Sometime, you know, but it just you could tell big old big old rack on him, just strutting chest out i mean he was just he was just up there teasing everybody you know and you could just see how big he was man he was a thousand yards away or something just unreachable yeah so your standards have dropped a little bit you're ready to harvest the legal buck yeah what about ian 
what what are you at? You were telling me before the trip started you wanted a mature deer. Yeah, I like the idea of shooting a mature deer, but yeah, I think at this point I'm ready to shoot a little basket buck. Well, we've been seeing lots. Let's do it in the morning. I think we have a pretty good chance. Yeah. You stick with Jeff, you'll find basket bucks. Hey, Jeff's tagged out. He just might sleep in. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff's tagged out. He might make breakfast. Hey, my kid's hey, been tagged out go. for four days now, and he's gone out every day. I think we all could sleep in and still go see bucks. <laughs> I like Dylan-style hunting. Remind <laughs> remind everybody, or tell the new listeners, what we talked about well, last year on this podcast. First, I want to just... You were making fun of me because today's the, the earliest that I've gotten up so far. Mm-hmm. But I've been sitting here thinking that last year we set a precedent because of what Dylan kind of instilled with us. Okay, but we were also camped in our hunting area. Okay, but also, <laughs> Dylan. I forget. Remind me. Oh. <laughs> you wrote the book. You're going to make me quote it? Oh, wait. The road hunting or the no, waking sleeping up. in? Yeah, yeah sleeping in. <clears throat> camped, well. Uh, you sleep in, you know, you can hunt all the stuff that everybody else drives past. Exactly. Everyone else is driving past them in the dark, Doesn't walking make past sense them in the to dark. Walk past something you can't see. If you're in an area that is good from the road to the top, why would you want to drive to the top in the dark? So smart. It's cowboy wisdom. But I there's a it. difference between dark and light and noon and night <laughs> i just had to make that ride. <laughs> i appreciate the ride yeah i mean it's one thing if you are if you know like where you want to be first light because you like this had, morning yeah right that's one thing but, but like a new area that you don't know like last year we we're just checking it all out every day yeah, yeah. don't want to drive past anything and i found that back home hunting people drive past a lot of spots that get overlooked mm-hmm. and they can be pretty good. So smart. I also think it depends on the time of year. I feel like uh, that holds true more now than uh, August, September, when the deer have plenty of feed. They have low pressure. They they can afford to be a lot more weary um, because they can well, know, and spend it's the hot afternoon and, bedded. And, and they yeah are typically bedding down once the sun comes up, whereas right now... They're spending most of the day up. Right. I mean, besides a couple hours right in the peak of the, the day, they're they're on the move. And especially here, like we talked about, with all the pressure, they're not getting much rest. Yeah. They're moving. Pressure and the cold weather, they're going to be up and moving. Trying and the to... ruts approaching. Yeah. That's another thing. We're seeing signs of some pre-rut stuff, but we really aren't seeing any, like, signs that the rut is starting or pre really pre rut, you know? Yeah. And Bucks I thought are, the snow would do it too. That's what we thought. And the cold. And it was cold. freaking cold this morning. <laughs> it's going to be colder tomorrow morning too. Is it really? It's supposed to be yet. two degrees. Whoa. But it was supposed to be five degrees this morning, but. It's 19 we or had, 17 or 18, 18 or something. We had a little <laughs> snowstorm come in last night, too, which probably kept it a little warmer. Yeah. Well, it sounds like tomorrow might be a good day to just have breakfast here. <laughs> sounds like tomorrow <laughs> we better go out in the morning and try to get you guys some bucks. And come back and have deer bacon. 
<laughs> deer bacon. I would love to try some deer bacon. Uh, it's possible. I want to see you cut it up. <laughs> it's like one slice. So, what are some other things you guys feel like you've been learning um, through this trip about mule deer? Or just hunting? Or I've been personally learning how bad I am at glassing. What do you mean? Impatient or what? Well, like I'll, 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 I think I'm scanning too quickly. There's a big piece. And so I'm not like actually picking it apart. I'm just like you know, going through like green bump, green bump, brown bump, and then some of those bumps and there are deer and I'm just passing over. I'm just thinking like, oh, it's just, I'm not, I'm not super trained on exactly what to be looking for, especially like a bedded deer, you know, where you're like more looking for maybe an ear twitch or something. Or a face, a white or a face, face yeah, or butt. Exactly. Things yeah, like you just got to know what you're looking for. You have to have selective eyesight. Yeah, and I think I'm still training that. I'm just too, I'm scanning so fast. You know? and it's amazing how you're, eyesight can play tricks on you too like i saw several deer today that turned out to be branches a rocks, bush, a bush, yeah. deer, a bush a rock deer with yeah it's my rock deer daddy, ended up man. being a, a doe and two fawns in about 10 minutes after i spotted it <laughs> transformed <laughs> it was crazy you just willed those deer into existence the rock stayed there i'm just saying some a doe oh. and two fawns worked <laughs> out right at the rock <laughs> so i've noticed too it happens to me a lot that I'll be looking at something that I think is a deer and like in the upper part of my glass or off to the side, there's actually a deer. Mm-hmm. Like you find them by accident. I've had the same thing and happen I, with elk. I'll swear yeah. I'll glass up like a branch antler bull, like part of a bull's rack. I'll pass the binos to my buddy and he'll be like, dude, no, that's a tree stump. But did you see the six cows standing and behind that, like what? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> of course I did. I want. I was testing you. Yeah, that's what I wanted you to look at. And I've done it with like glassing up shed antlers too. Cause that stick looks like a shed, and you're looking at it, and then just ten feet behind it, there's actually a shed. Like, Holy cow! But, so one uh, thing that I I used to glass really quick too, and sometimes I am guilty of it still, but is trying to figure out a pattern and it, yeah. it's it varies with the terrain and how you're gonna like approach it and grid it yeah you know? but you need you, you have to figure out okay i'm gonna follow this natural line through these trees you know and i'm gonna i'm just gonna focus on this little section i'm gonna go right to left and then i'm gonna work down to the what i saw in the bottom of my glass and then work back left to right and just keep repeating that process right just scanning every little thing until you know there's not a deer in there yeah i'll get like I, i'm trying to do that you know and i'll start getting like eye fatigue or something like just strain and so i'll you, know, you get to put the binos down like take a mental note like okay that's where i was looking you know and then put the binos down for a minute blink a bit you know rub your eyeballs and give the deer time to move it back into that spot give the time so yeah give the deer time to move right back in where you already glassed and then yeah pick it back up but I like to check the most likely spots first, you know. I mean, that's probably like a a duh thing to say, but well, that's if you look at something, you'd be like, there should be a deer on the edge of those trees. Like, check that first, yeah. and then kind of work out from there. Like, yeah, I don't have like an exact pattern, like gridding. I 
I'm too impatient for that. I just I check all these spots first, and then I'll start looking around. But then I go back to those spots too after. You're always double checking them. Yeah, I'm I'm the exact same way. I I mean you you basically said word for word what I was thinking because I'll I'll find something that looks like man that is where a deer should be or you know whatever you're looking for elk whatever. Uh, I spent a lot of time as, as a kid trying to look for grouse out in sage flats or uh, you know. Whatever it is you're trying to glass, it's like it should be right there, but it's not. So you yeah. look at something else, but then you come <coughs> back to it because you're like, it should be right there. And eventually, sometimes, I mean, you're looking in the spots that they should be because that's what they end up being. And I don't know if it's something I've picked up because, like, McCade and I, we live in the desert. We hunt the desert quite a bit. You see a green patch, you think that's good feed or that's water. So you look there first, and that's kind of how I got that habit it's kind of like what we were talking about the other day though too like even though i think that that hillside and that little meadow and that (laughs) is like the picture perfect outdoor life magazine shot where this massive buck's gonna be standing we hiked our butts off the other day and didn't see any deer in this one spot found a shit antler but it was like you still have to go where there's the animals are. As much as something looks like there should be an animal there, doesn't mean mm-hmm. there's going to be. So if you don't find anything, move on. I we keep telling about- my dad, like, you know, man, if I was a deer, I'd be right here. This is this is where I'd be. <laughs> then again, maybe I'm the deer that gets shot. You're no. not a deer. <laughs> See, but I'm not a deer. That's the thing. Like, maybe you, yeah. You'll drive yourself crazy doing that too. Yeah, I'm picking the wrong spots. Yep. My cousin Nick and I, we do that all the time. If I were a deer, that. I'd be up there. Yeah. You drive yourself nuts. But you're the deer that's getting shot. Yeah. But basically that's us like wanting to place the animal that we're pursuing. You want it so bad. Right. Yeah. It's just this dream. Yeah. You're hunting the shot, not the animal. But they are where you find them. They are where you find them. They do whatever they want. One thing that I've learned. Is I need a practice shot before I settle in and <laughs> take care of business. No, but seriously, you need your rest is super critical. Because I did shoot at a, a small buck before I shot the buck that I did. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was sitting down. I was excited had a lot of adrenaline at the moment because wow we were finally on some deer it's opening day in colorado holy crap here we go there's a buck you know like i don't know what the rest of the trip's gonna be like but there's a buck (laughs) only have nine days i better do this one (laughs) and andrew won't shoot him because he doesn't want to go first (laughs) okay (laughs) now so i set my backpack up standing up and i had my gun on it and honestly i wasn't that steady i thought i was going to be pretty rock solid but i was sitting i was breathing that gun was just kind of like rocking on the pack. The pack wasn't steady. Yeah. It, it honestly just wasn't a good setup. And yeah. when I shot the deer that I did, I was able to lay down, which I wanted before this trip ever even happened. And I was rock solid. And, I mean, when you're, you've been hiking up a hill, you're tired, you're breathing heavy, you know, mm-hmm. you're... You need a lot more steady rest. Yeah, one thing I learned today, too, is it's not a bad idea to go try to run a mile and then go shoot your gun. <laughs> like Cam Haynes with his bow. Because practice practice those real-life situations. Like today, I sprinted up the mountain <clears throat> and 
I was sucking wind. It sounded like this. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I was seeing red. I was, I was struggling to stay alive, I think. <laughs> You're also sick. I'm sick, yeah. And so that doesn't help, and it's cold. And, but I had a perfect rest, perfect broadside shots, but I was, I was just out of wind, and I... That's what I blame it on, I guess. <laughs> Something Excuses. I've learned yeah. <laughs> on this trip. It's kind of a combination of all these things that we've been talking about. Is uh <coughs> so every every hunter has their own abilities and, and limitations. And uh you should enjoy hunting the way you want to do it, but you should all also realize at the end of the day that no matter how many factors you try to control and play in your favor. There's always that element of you're in nature and there's nothing planned about what these deer are doing. Like they are not on your schedule. They have their own mind. They make their own decisions. Yep. They do what they want. So I, I, I kind of came to the realization today that I'm going to do everything that I can to make my end of the deal work, but have in mind that over time, you've got to have that persistence and know that you're going to fail 10 times simply from dumb luck because you you did as much as you could but it didn't play out the deer was on the run maybe you're not as as steady of a shot you need more time to set up to take a good shot and that deer was on a run you didn't have time to take the shot you know whatever it is those factors didn't all line up perfectly the stars didn't align for it to to work out i think the the best thing is the mentality of persistence and being here for five days is the longest hunt i've ever really been on persistence being out there like in the animals, like I'm not, I don't want to criticize any people. We see a lot of people driving roads and well, I, you're not dogging road. Hunting, I no, you? I'm not because <laughs> I've done it. I do it, but I've learned that if I'm putting myself out there, I'm willing to hike a little bit. I can get into a lot more opportunities. Yeah. So to play devil's advocate on that, yeah. you can't kill them from the road if you don't hunt the road. It's true. <laughs> it's just whatever you like no. to do. It's no, and I'm what, not dogging on it because oh, I I've, I've yeah, rode I've rode hunted. Plenty I, of yeah. I but, shot my deer in Wyoming, driving a dirt road up over this ridge, and saw a buck didn't even see me. So I got out of the truck, snuck as close as I could, sixty yards, and I shot it. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. And yet, you yeah. also can't be mad at the guys that that do that it, when he, when you hike your butt off for five days and. And don't kill a deer, and then somebody shoots a giant off the yeah. road. You can't be mad because no. you can't control luck and or fate or whatever no. it is. Like I was telling you guys this morning, when that side by side drove through, we all were like pissed that what are those guys doing? They're just screwing everything up. But if put yourself in their shoes, like you can't. It's it's frustrating, but you can't get mad at people. Okay, but how do you feel about the guy that rolls into the duck blind? At shooting light, <laughs> and at starts blowing light. up his <laughs> duck calls, his kazoo. <laughs> the first duck comes flying over, and he sky blasts it. What about that guy? Well, just kidding. Whatever, I just wish you would have woke up a little earlier. <laughs> <laughs> That's all. That's all I'd say. To that you're guy. out there at two in the morning, sitting there, got your decoys out. It's frustrating. That dude comes rolling in. I'd be that dude. I'm not going to go out there at two in the morning. <laughs> throw decoys out but where i hunt ducks is totally different too yeah you yeah. forget your shotgun i forget my shotgun <laughs> i borrow shotguns there's 
generally not a lot of water either. <laughs> so we got the honey holes for ducks. Nah, I've realized this trip a lot that is everyone is different, has their own agendas, their own prerogatives, their own ideas of what hunting is, and their own style and preference of animals. I mean, everyone is different. That's what makes yeah. it cool. What I like too is there's so many options. If you want to go hike 12,000 feet up and hunt high country it. archery, do it. And then that same year, if you want to go hunt antelope in the desert and drive your truck around and shoot them from... That's basically all road hunting. Well, yeah, like, you you can just do whatever you want. Like, yeah. And I don't think people need to dog one or the other. No, definitely Because not. I'm that guy that we hike our butts off and we go hunt archery muleys at 10,000 feet and then we go road hunt deer out in the desert and <laughs> yeah and it the terrain has a lot to to do with yeah. it too yeah exactly animal behavior and terrain but access whatever access is used to a lot of times whatever's fun for you yeah just get out and do it <clears throat> yeah to circle back around to what McCade said earlier about what have you learned or picked up um <clears throat> i was thinking back to that spot that um we had hunted this morning um you guys were on the far side of that but ian and i were right up above the road and one thing i've learned about a lot of this topography out here is there's a lot of areas that even if you're at the highest point you can't glass it from the road and you can't glass it from high up. It's like this section of real flat area that you can only get to and look at it if you're willing to hike up there and just take a look at it. And I started translating that into other areas. And the other night, you know, I was getting kind of discouraged. I'm like, man, like these guys are getting into deer, like Jeff seeing deer, McCade seeing deer. Like I kind of, you know, I don't, I don't like to be babysat. I don't want someone to hold my hand and be like, oh, we're going to go put Ryan on a deer and yeah. whatever. I kind of want to like do my own work, you know? Yeah. And I don't really know, you guys probably know more about hunting Colorado than I do. I've, I'll come January, February, I'll have lived here, you know, three years. This is our second and time doing it. So I, I don't know what kind of homework went into learning this terrain, you know, coming from back East. It's like, what deer live in sagebrush, the wide open, no way. Like, that that's just counterintuitive you know because yeah. i used to study maps and i'd look for ridges and you know back there a lot of the deer eat acorns so you want to hunt like the easterly side of the mountains because that has more mast and food because it gets the most sun and here it's like they want north facing slopes the animals like to be cooler and it's all just totally different so the spot i hunted the other day you know i went in and saw tons of deer but i was just like okay can i take what i've learned from you guys take this area that's near the road certainly 100 percent easily accessible but no one 50 cars drive by it a day there's tons of deer up there mm -hmm. um and i was like go look for some draws some ridges some of those transition areas and i started looking at that national forest area that ian and i drove through today and i saw these little like finger ridges coming down and you know like you guys were saying earlier like a deer should be there that looks like deary terrain to me and sure enough i went up and every one of those little finger draws coming down had deer in them they weren't big it was four corn bucks and does and just man the deer were there just nothing i wanted to shoot so right. 
that's one thing I've learned is like take something. So we were hunting sagebrush, not easily glassable from the road or anywhere. You have to kind of get up there to see what's there, Those right? Big flat tops, yeah. And I was like, man, there's this one spot when you start going into that national forest, like everybody, I bet you everybody drive, nobody hunts this. And I went up there and there was no one up there, no boot tracks, nothing. And the deer too, there's deer everywhere. It's just because they know where they're safe. Like sometimes driving in 50 yards and parking your truck and hiking up is worth it. And and if I wanted a small little four corn buck or had a doe tag, I would have had a dead deer in five minutes of being up there. Or could have been a giant buck up there. You just don't know until you go look at it. But I'd go back up there again. I mean, yeah. you never know. Tons of does up there. They say if you can find the does, a big buck is going to come by and sniff around there sooner or later. But Definitely. There are deer everywhere, man. Something Dylan told me last year, actually, while I was scouting out here. And I kept saying, well, man, maybe they're, maybe they're moving down now. It's getting hot. They're coming down to the bottoms and everything. And he said something about, well, there's high country deer and there's desert bucks and there's Bucks it's, in between. They're just like people. Yeah, they're just everywhere. We've had this chat a lot of times. Because, yeah. like, you got those people, you'll only find them up in the high country here. Those big desert bucks, they're always down low, but it's, they're deer wherever they want to be. Yeah, you got deer across the gamut. Yeah. You got city people, you got country people, and that's just how deer are, too. Yeah. Yeah. So. So. It's all about being in the right spot at the right time. <laughs> That's what it all comes down it's to. It's all about sheer dumb luck. And I don't have any. <laughs> me neither. But me there, neither. There, there may be one right place and right time during your day, and the more you work to put yourself in that place, the more likely you're going to yep. have success. It's a numbers game. It is. <clears throat> more opportunities you create for yourself, the more likely you are to have success. It's all about opportunity. So let's go do it tomorrow. Yeah. Okay. I'm feeling I, good. I won't miss I'm, tomorrow. I'm getting tired and worn out, but. Yeah. You're still pumped? Day six. Yeah, dude. But the, the number of punch tags Just, is climbing, so McCade's feeling better. You know, and it's I, making it a lot easier on me because I don't have to feel bad about cutting in front of anybody. Yeah. I mean, Ryan and Ian still have tags, but. Yeah, you know what about us. <laughs> That's not true. We're bottom feeders, man. We'll yeah. take whatever we, talked we get. To, we, we talked, slightly care. I'll take the forky this year. I did feel bad because we talked about you guys going into where we went today and swapping spots, but then we talked about access and your vehicles and things, and we were like, okay, well, why don't you go sit this spot, and we'll go to the other spot. And Well, just... I, dec- I decided. I don't you know, I feel bad about it because I, I, I remember deciding that I knew the spot you, that we went today. I knew that spot, and I didn't really understand how to get around to the spot yeah. you guys have been. It took us some time yeah, so, figuring that out. But now that I've got an idea of it, I'd like to try over there as well. I think uh, working together a little bit as a team, we can make it happen. Yeah. Yeah, that's another thing I've learned. That's kind of your guys' strategy out here. It is a lot of teamwork and bouncing ideas off of each other what are the deer gonna do because i might think it's gonna happen one way and you know be like well what about this like what and if we go here like, and then nah, that ain't right <laughs> <laughs> and no, really I, I think it's I've, all just ideas i think i've said to mccade a couple times on this trip and maybe he said it to me it's like you called it 
That's exactly what they did, what you said they were going to do. Yeah. So it, By dumb luck. Yeah. Not, not, <laughs> not only is it good to so, have different perspectives and different ideas, but also somebody just like that there to help you. Like you're throwing your gun up and pulling it off your shoulder and pulling out your bipod and adjusting your scope. It's nice to have somebody back behind you getting near a range or that you know, we didn't do setting for you. Up your, <laughs> yeah, setting up camera. It would have been really nice to have you guys <laughs> give me a range. Just, hold on a second. We're trying to get this in the spotting scope. No, We're trying I did to that, film it. I did that for McCade when he killed his buck. You know, I, I got up over the rise first and got set up and picked out where the bucks were. Figured, you know, what we had in front of us. Got a yardage. He had time to dial up his turret, so it all worked out. The yeah, thing just. I, Oh, I was just saying, just having an extra set of eyes. Yeah, you know? no, that's huge. Mm-hmm. It is, because we all glass different, like we were just talking yeah. about, and we all see different things, and we're looking different places, and it's hard to scan a whole hillside when there's moving deer and right. pick them all out. Um, but the thing I've enjoyed the most is, like, it, it's fun to solo hunt. I like some things about it, but honestly, I like hunting with somebody else, and that's what's been fun for me. Not only is it great to have someone help you pack out your deer, like this guy who just throws <laughs> 150 pounds of meat in his pack. It's like, let's go. <laughs> Struggling with a quarter and a cape tit. <laughs> but, uh, seems a beast. I uh, was going to just... bring that up too, like solo hunting versus hunting with a group. I feel I like them equally, but for different reasons. You know yeah, what I mean? Like, agreed. So, like, everything you guys just said about having people to help you get ranges and help you pack stuff out but sometimes it's nice too just to go by yourself and do your own thing you don't have to argue with anyone when you're hunting by yourself chances are if something's gonna be shot at you're gonna be the one doing the shooting chances are and you can't blame (laughs) anyone for a screw up because it's yours yeah but so what i like this year was so i i shot my first elk this year and i did a solo hunt until the elk was down. And then I called McKay and woke him up, got him out of bed, made him drive out there and helped me pack it out. <laughs> it's good to have friends like that. Yeah. Do you call that the hybrid hunt? Yeah, it's more of a hybrid <laughs> type. Yeah. Solo until the hard work begins. Yeah. So. That, w- that became dual survival at that point. <laughs> <laughs> but we wore shoes this time. Yeah. <laughs> and long pants. Oh, no, man. but like solo hunting, hunting with friends, like I just like it all. Like, yeah, they have their ups and downs because, like, when I'm with a group, I struggle and I need to get better at it. Of like, well, what do you want to do, or what do you think we should do? Like, I, I fight my head so much doing that. But why? Because you're I, the best, and no, you have the best ideas. No, I, because <laughs> like, I, I just contradict myself. Like, what if? that is that or what if this will be better or you said you're arguing with yourself well with myself but like with somebody there you kind of can well what would you do and then oh, they see. come back well i don't know what whatever you want to do and it's like oh my heck there you feel some <laughs> pressure somewhat yeah yeah, yeah. <clears throat> that's what i told jeff he kept asking me what i wanted to do i'm like dude it's, i'm here for you i'm here to help you do whatever you want to do i yeah. He's like, well, I don't want to make all the decisions. I was like, well, but I don't want to be the guy that says, let's hike in here six miles, and then you're pissed at me because we hiked all the way in there. We didn't see anything. Like, I don't want to be that guy, but I'm here to help you with whatever happens. But (laughs) Trigger Man makes the choices. It can also help you, too, because Jeff could be like, well, let's just go do this. Okay, that's what we're going to go do. 
Yeah. yeah. So can I change the subject for a quick, quick second? No. Yeah. Just a random question, you know, we're, we're out here hunting all this kind of weird public, private, BLM, whatever. Wind. Wind when you're rifle hunting. Like, given the terrain, perfect example, um, Andrew and I went into this one area and he had all these ideas about, like, how to get in here with the wind right. And I'm like, well, the way this property is just laid out i mean there, there's one way in and one way out and it just so happens that the wind sucks 98 percent of the time to access this area and the only way to go in there and see if there's deer is just to go in there and see if there's deer and if you see them great and if they blow out oh well and it's like do you guys kind of i don't know i because i i archery hunt and absolutely 100 percent when you're archery hunting wind is an absolute factor no question about it and i'm just wondering what your guys' thoughts are it's like have you not gone into an area on this hunt because you thought oh the wind might because and it swirls so much like it switches right like it's all over out here yeah yeah so on a hunt like this i i don't even think twice about the wind really i don't either unless you're close yeah i mean like you know what you you and i have discussed this a little bit uh in in other settings a soft bump versus a hard bump just the other night we had a couple fawns at probably 100 yards staring at us. Knew we were there, but the wind was in our favor and they didn't take off. And we've had the opposite thing happen on this hunt where wind was at our backs and we got in too close, they smelled us, and they were gone. It's a distance thing, in my opinion, on a rifle hunt. Well, every deer has their buffer zone, too. Yeah. Because that big buck you and I saw up that certain canyon that one time. Yeah, right. He was bedded with his back to us. And we were glassing him from 230 yards away. And I felt the breeze just change. Like the hair on my neck just kind of got blown the other way. And that buck on a dime spun around and pegged us just like Looked that. right at us. We were 230 like, yards. Just We were well hidden. <laughs> we were coming over like the top of this little ridge, like just barely peeking over it. He and looked his back right was to us. He had no idea. But that wind swirled. Boom, he picked us out that fast, and he got up, trotted off, and all the other bucks that he was with, he left them just sitting there. And that's what I mean, the difference between a hard bump and a soft yeah. bump is where, you know, if, if they can't smell you but they can see you, they think something's up, maybe they turn and walk away as opposed to bounding into the next county. And that happened with McCade on opening day. We, we got up to those bucks. He even fired a shot off, and they took off up over the hill but we still had time to catch up to that herd. And I think a lot of it had to do with the wind was in our favor at that time. They knew something had happened, yeah. right? But they, they weren't able to confirm what the I, threat was. I think they'll put up with a lot of visual uh, yeah. confusion, but as soon as they smell you, it's over. We had an interesting talk with Kip Fowler about this topic. You'll have to go back and listen to that podcast because that guy is an archery mule deer killing machine. And he's gotten into whitetail hunting too. And both those situations, those animals, those types of hunts, the he talks about smell, you're done, you know. And <clears throat> he has just all kinds of different theories. And he talks about soft bumps and hard bumps and actually using them to your advantage. And it's it's pretty interesting. But long and short of it, <laughs> I honestly on this hunt haven't thought about the wind and smell unless we were really close coming over the ridge 
and they're below us. I agree. <clears throat> I've definitely had more deer smell me within that 60 to 80 yard range. Than... But I have thought about, when I have thought about the wind is how is it helping me when it's blowing across my face left to right and the deer are straight out in front of me. I don't care how much noise I'm making. They're not hearing me. Mm-hmm. You know, if it's a hard wind, like sure, that's what I like about the rifle hunt and wind. Yeah, I just think you need to be aware of it, but I don't. I don't think it plays as big of a role in right. this time of year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's all situational. Bunch of head nods, all in agreement right now. I think we're all getting pretty tired thinking about that alarm clock going off pretty early. Yeah, it's getting late. Seven well, o- seven o'clock's coming pretty fast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with doing. <clears throat> anyway, I'm good. I'm I'm having the time of my life. Like I said, I'm tired and I'm sore. I'm not dr- looking forward to waking up early, but I'm excited to go find some more bucks i yeah i i haven't been a big mule deer hunter like i've gone out deer hunting but i haven't gotten that into it kind of considered myself as i've aged more of a elk guy because i've just liked elk more i think they're very impressive not only with their vocalization but their size and everything else yeah but i'm getting the the itch for this mule deer thing i i'm really taking to it so I I just want to go out and see some more bucks and hopefully see some in the back of the truck. Me too. Me three. All right then. Thanks guys for sitting down and taking some time out of our very short nights. Our sleep schedule. But right on.